Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. All right, it'll be Bucks at New Orleans Sunday. This is going to be, I think, uh, one of the bigger games that the Bucks will play this season. I mean it in this sense is that they're 2 and 1. If they're able to win this game to go 3-1 and one in the first, what you call the quarter of the season, I know there's 17 games. When you looked at the schedule coming out, you figured that they would have a tough go against Philadelphia, and they did. The first two weeks, as it turns out, they played teams that have become not very good. We know that uh, neither the Vikings nor the Chicago Bears have won a game yet. So what are we going to expect from the Northern Saints, which you always get, which is a a hotly contested game, usually won by whoever gets the turnover uh, battle. And what's just more subplots, and you you know you can't write this script, but it keeps happening, Derek Carr is beat up. And I think, uh, at least as we do this podcast, that it looks for all the world that the, the Bucks may be facing Jameis Winston. You remember a couple of years ago, Jameis started, and he was uh, tore his ACL when he, on a hit from Devin White, uh, and that knocked him out for the season. So... Um, you could have, you know, Tampa's quarterback, first-round pick overall, spent five years here going against his former team as a backup, but now in the lineup because Derek Carr has the uh, sprained AC joint in his right shoulder. And that's an injury where, um, you know, I, I think you have to be really careful. Now, I've seen guys play with it, but when they do play with it, they generally don't practice during the week. It's very difficult because you don't want to put – any kind of strain on that throwing arm until you absolutely have to. Jameis Winston had this injury early in his career, and he went one week uh, and did not practice. I think he might have thrown just a little bit on Friday. I'm not really sure. Got into a game and actually had one of his better games, but they lost. And part of the reason that, that you might lose in a situation like this is that even though you're able to go out there and function as a quarterback, it's not the throws that you make because you can still make some throws depending on the severity of the injury. But it's the ones you turn down. Like, you know, you've got a deep over route and that guy's open, but you're like, I don't know if I can get the ball there. Let me take the check down. And and so that's how it affects you where you might not score many points or you might actually lose the game because the quarterback is not able to drive the football with that shoulder. So uh, my guess is it's trending uh, that Carr will not play. That it'll probably be Jameis Winston. They signed another quarterback off of Carolina's practice squad, which means he's got to be on the active roster for three weeks. And I don't think you do that if you think Derek Carr is coming back. So uh, that's a long way of saying that uh, this is going to have some subplots in this game. The Saints also get Alvin Kamara back, and that is not a small thing. Kamara was suspended for three games. Uh, you know, He is a do-everything running back to go along with guys like Chris Olave at receiver and Michael Thomas. They've got some weapons on offense. And defensively, they've always been good. That's always been their strength. Mario Davis is a monster in the middle from Arkansas State. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, And so you just got – it's a solid, solid team. And I, and I believed when the, when the season started that it was going to be Tampa Bay or New Orleans. 
We've seen sort of how it's played out. Carolina with a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, who's who's been hurt and missed last week's game, may come back this week, but they're 0-3. Um, and, of course, you know, Atlanta, which got off to a 2-0 start, really struggled against Detroit, had no offense at all, couldn't run the ball, couldn't throw the ball, looked really anemic, and um, they are also sitting at 2-1. and So a chance to take the lead in the division and uh, go to an early bye week, get some guys healed up. They do have a lot of injuries starting in the secondary. Carlton Davis has been doing some things. He's been limited with that toe injury, but now you got Jamel Dean, who has been out with his shoulder. Bitavea looks like he might do some stuff, but he's been nicked up as well. Um, Devin White has a groin injury. We saw that last week when he could have returned that interception for pick six and could not. And so he's he's kind of nicked up. So a lot of injuries sort of going into this one. And as we've said, the Achilles heel on this team is its injuries, especially in the secondary, because now you're coming in with guys that have never played that are rookies or guys that have been on your roster and really didn't weren't in this position you know, last year, and so now they're getting their chance to uh, to fill in. So should be a great game, always entertaining there in the bayou in uh, where the Saints play, and looking forward to going to that one, uh, of course, on Sunday. Hey, we got your mailbag questions coming up. There's uh, some pretty good ones, and I want you to stay tuned for that. But first, you guys already know it's still hurricane season, right, in Florida and other places. Well, there's still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank. That's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, with solar battery backup power, there's no fuel cost. There's no loud generator noise. There's no annual maintenance cost. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. Solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose power, a generator could cost you over $2,000 a week just to keep your house running. New solar battery backup systems qualify for a 30% tax credit or... You can add a battery to your existing M-Phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar to learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, we got your mailbag questions coming up. Let's get started. All right, we got two questions on this. I'll read them both. Craig had asked, is Rashad White just Charles Sims 2.0? Twinkle Toes was always dancing in the hole as well as a great receiver. Why not call the Vikings and ask about Cam Akers? Since at 0-3, I'm sure they would sell now. And Steve tweeted us. It says, is Rashad White a fumbler? I had my suspicion last year, especially pretty much ending the Chiefs game by fumbling the opening kickoff. I'm as concerned about that as him not hitting the holes quick enough. What do you think? Wow, great questions. And, and I will say this. The, the comparison to Charles Sims is not that far off. I don't know if you remember Charles Sims. He was from, uh, went to West Virginia, fairly good running back there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what round he was taking, and I'm not, I, I, I really don't. I don't know if he was taking as high as Rashad White. But this guy was first team, all beach. He was, he was put together. He ran with power. He ran well. He had speed. And think about this now. He was with the Bucks for four years. He didn't give him the first round. Yeah, he was a third-round pick, 69th Third rounder, okay. So that's fairly high for a running back. So third-round pick, spent four seasons in Tampa Bay. And if memory serves, he was – one year he had over 1,000 yards rushing and receiving. He was like 500-and-something rushing, 500-and-something receiving. So I was like, whoa, this guy, you know, that's pretty impressive. And pump the brakes because when he was done with the Bucks contract, 
You know how many people wanted to sign him? Zero. He did. I don't believe he got another opportunity after he left Tampa Bay. Or if he did, it wasn't for very long. So He only played the four seasons in Tampa Bay. His second year, he had 1,090 yards from scrimmage. There you go. And so on 185 to 158 touches, it was 6.9 yards a touch. Yeah, he he was he was as much a receiver as a runner. And Mm -hmm. and so they were impressed by him. But he never really followed it up with anything that would would lead them to want to sign him to a contract extension and give him that first free agent contract and was out of football. I don't know that that's going to happen to Rashad White, to be honest with you. But I know this, you know, he he's been on this team now for what was it? Damn near 17 games last year, three games this year, 20 games. He has one 100-yard rushing day, and he has started probably the last seven or eight games. I think he started probably 10, 11 games now um, going back to last season, and he has exactly one 100-yard game again at, at Seattle So or against Seattle and Germany. I think guys that are special show up really early. I think guys, you know, especially the running backs, you mentioned Charles Sims. He never really did anything, right? And there were guys like that. It was Lars Tate and the different guys going way back. But if you're talking about a, a Cadillac Williams, hit it right away. If you're talking about work done, hell, even Mike Allstott who might not have had you know, the career numbers in terms of rushing average and things like that. But running backs show up early and special shows up early. And that's just the way it's been. And, you know, if you think it's hard to rip off a 100-yard rushing day, I mean, guys like Bobby Rainey did it, right? So here's Rashad White, and they built the entire offense around this run game, which is, by the way, at this point in the season, and it's not the first week, right? I mean, they, you know, they've they've played enough games now to kind of, you know, three games to kind of know what they are. They're last Again, last in the league in rushing average at like 2.7 yards per carry. That's where they always were. That's where they were all of last year. You know, the only thing that's different is that they have more attempts. But but the production is the same or worse. And so from that standpoint, it's like, where have you really fixed this, you know? And so the the run game has to be, a part of their offense. It has to be, it has to make it go. But I think, I think the comparison to Charles Sims uh, is very apropos. I don't know about K makers. I don't know that they're going to trade for him or not. I'm sure there will be around the trade deadline talk about a lot of players coming and going as far as Rashad being a fumbler. Yeah. He's kind of getting that reputation now. And the interesting thing is that his position coach will not have it. He will not have it. It's skip Pete and skip Pete's, entire Dallas Cowboys team for as much as they were in the ball last year did not have a single fumble. So if you think about that, you know, here we are three weeks in and you've already lost a fumble and I'm sure Skip's not happy, but um, yeah, Rashad's got to play better ball and he's got to play better ball quick because I just don't know that he's productive. I haven't seen him do it. You know, I saw him, the one game against Seattle, but I just haven't seen enough of him to let that lets me know that like he's going to be okay. All right. Well, Michael asked kind of a follow up, I guess. But how can the Bucks improve the run game? Well, we've talked about the running back, and and it's not like they have a ton of options right behind them because mm-hmm. 
you know, you're talk you're talking about Keyshawn Bond has probably the most experience and he he was asking, you know, for a trade. Um it it's tough, man, because Sean Tucker's a rookie and he's not had that many carries and he's not had much of a chance to do a lot. So I don't think they're gonna, you know, jump out there and make some deal for a running back, and I don't think they're signing Leonard Fournette anytime soon, nor is anybody else. I'm not I think they just have to stick with it. And I think that the offensive line has to get better and start moving people. And if Todd Bowles is right, the problem has been that Rashad White is trying to hit a home run on every play. And you do want to take it to the house, right? Um, but some games when you're going to grind it out and you know that's the game plan, you need to push forward to get two, three, maybe four yards of carry, and that will make life a lot easier on your quarterback on everybody else. And um, it just hasn't happened. He's a great kid. He works hard. He looks the part. Like There's nothing that would tell you that he's going to be a bust except – Where's the production? I mean, this is a, a bottom line business, and I just haven't seen it. All right, Greg had tweeted us. He asked, which franchise wins their first post-Brady playoff game, the Bucks or the Patriots? Wow, what a great question. Um, Bucks or Patriots? Hmm. The Bucks have the easier division. They have the easier division. You know, what I'm thinking is is that I don't think the Patriots are going to make the playoffs because the division mm-hmm. is so stacked. You're going to have a wild card team or two come out of the AFC East because uh, let's assume Miami wins the division because they look like they're the class well, of it. And Buffalo could be. Buffalo I mean, we'll find gonna, out this week when they play each other. Well, yeah, but one of those two, both those teams, to me, in my mind, are making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So if you already have a wild card and you have a division winner in the AFC East, now the Jets – they're kind of backed out of it because the loss of Aaron Rodgers and they're really not going to get another quarterback in here. But it might be tough, you know, to try to get three teams. I, I don't I don't know if that's possible. Um so oh, what a great question. Well, and if if even if both were to make the playoffs this year, yeah. The Bucks may have a chance at a home game. True. Where the Patriots would be on the road. Yeah, for that reason, I'll say Bucks. I I don't know that the Bucks are going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. I don't know that I had them making the playoffs. I think right. I think they were going to win about nine or so games. But let's say they did. Let's say they won the division with nine or ten games and hosted a game. I'm not sure they're going to win it. Um, but I don't think the Patriots are going to make it. So I was mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to the Bucks because maybe they maybe they find a way to stumble into a victory in a wild card round. So I would say the Bucks are probably going to win one before New England would. All right, Dave emailed you. He said, I've been a Bucks fan since I retired to Florida in 2009. Seems to me that they have a tendency to lose a much larger percentage of games they play at night or any other day other than Sunday 1 p.m. games. Might make for an interesting trivia question if my memory is right. Keep up the good work on Tampa sports. I did not go back and look this up, but if memory serves, I don't know that he's right. And and the reason I would say that is most of the time when they would get night games where they got an abundance of night games, it was because they were good, right? Those those Buccaneer teams that won the Super Bowl had a lot of Monday night games, some Sunday night games. And when you're good, you're getting those games and you're winning them. When you're bad, you might get one of those games and you're losing them. So, again, no empirical data in front of me. I would just say that 
especially at home. They've been pretty good on Monday Night Football. As long as it's and, not the uh, Saints in town, because they had a couple stickers oh, the Saints with own them. them. <laughs> oh, they own them, yeah. I mean, the Saints with Brady just, at quarterback. With, with some Brady, stickers. yeah. It didn't matter. Like, they kicked the crap out of them. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think it was weird because Brady went through this thing, you know, even when he won the Super Bowl where they lost to Kansas City on national TV. They barely beat the Rams on national TV, right? Um, you know, then in the playoffs, barely beat Washington and so forth. So it wasn't like even when Brady won a Super Bowl, he wasn't getting it done on national TV. Um, but I think in general. Well, but in you, his defense, too, a lot of those national games were early in the season. There were. The yeah. Bucks had no OTAs. Well, outside right. of, you know, putting Berkeley together prep. Berkeley prep. But, yeah. you know, none of the the normal offseason stuff, the preseason was different. He was adjusting to a new offense, and it didn't click the first half of that season. I mean, it no. took the bye, and then you know after that, when they rattled off eight, they're in a row. seven and five. A lot of those games because Brady came to Tampa were early in the season. Yes, and so you know they didn't play as well in those. No, that's true. All that's true. It's uh, look. I think they have a chance. Um, I think this week's going to tell us a lot about the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And about this division, I I I think that Carolina is going to struggle all year with the rookie quarterback. I think I think Atlanta is a good team, but I don't think they have enough, and they play around the quarterback. And last week, Detroit shut down their running game, and they had no offense, like zero. And I don't think you could win that way. So Tampa could be in it for the long haul, but mm-hmm. this would be a huge game for them to get. So. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count them out. I mean, I think they they have a good uh, an outside shot. Again, are they going to win twelve games? No. Are they going to win eleven or game? I, I don't know. But I think they'll stay in it, even if they're two and two. Like, realistically thinking, mm-hmm. that would not have been a surprise at the start of the year. I didn't have them beating Minnesota. I had them losing to that one. Um, I had them beating Chicago, and then maybe winning. You know, one of the next two would be a big upset against Philly, but I don't. I don't think anybody had them doing that. Going into New Orleans, I was. I would probably said, yeah, I give them a puncher's chance. So I might have had them at two and two, and they may be three and one, which is better than most people predicted. Yeah, I think that they need the offense to help. I listened a little bit to uh, Travis and Jason Kelsey's podcast this morning, mm-hmm. and they were talking about the game and about Tay Tay. Well, they did. Well, actually, they talked very little about that, but and they kept pushing that back to the end, but. They were talking about the Monday night game, and Jason Kelsey said, man, I was gassed. I was tired. We were on the field the whole time. Like Our defense kept getting the ball back for us. Oh, boo-hoo. You know. Well, no, but my point being is that the offense has to be more productive than it was. Oh, because, sure it Because they were – both Travis and Jason were complimenting how good the Bucks' defense was and how well yes. – not, not only how well they played, but how – you know, the guys they have there, and we've talked about it. I mean, they're starting 11 on defense is, is fantastic. Well, they're good. Yeah. They're really good. And, you know, if your offense can just complement you a little bit and keep the ball a little bit, mm. you know, you've got chances. And in that game, it, they didn't. And, you know, it was obvious in the run, you look at the run game, we've talked about that. But if the offense can get back on track and, and you know, look, Philly's defense is elite. Let's not kid ourselves. That's part Especially of it. Especially the front. The mm-hmm. front seven, you just can't go against. Well, the, front, against. the front, what, 14 or whatever. I mean, they just rotate. Well, that's guys right. In. They come. Jalen Carter's coming off the bench, for God's sakes. The fumble, the play he makes mm-hmm. on the fumble is ridiculous. Yep. You know, so, you know, New Orleans has a good defense, but they're not in Philly's class. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this week, the Bucks have a chance to get that offense back on track. And, 
you know, they go three and one, they're in control of this division. No, it's true. I thought it was interesting. Check this out on tempe.com and the Tempe Times. I wrote a story, you know, Baker Mayfield didn't exactly criticize Dave Canales, but he did say, look, we need to be more aggressive on offense. And I thought that was interesting because he was talking about this past game where they didn't hold up their end of the bargain, et cetera. And there's been so much emphasis on run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Now, play calling wise, I think Canales has been pretty balanced, to be honest with you, Um, run versus pass. But you're last in yards per carry. And that's where we began. That's how you got the job because the last Mm -hmm. guy, he was last. Okay, so if your big difference here is to come into this franchise and improve the running game and become more balanced or or more of a factor in the run game, it's only three weeks, but you're not trending the right way, man. You can't be last in anything uh, if you're the offensive coordinator. So, well, and isn't that part of and this was always the risk with Dave Canales. A guy hasn't who hasn't called it. play since, whatever, high school a decade yeah. and a half ago or whatever. That's right. And so when things aren't going well, it's easy to kind of get conservative and try to go back to basics. And, and mm-hmm. the fact that Baker's calling him out a little bit shows some of that moxie that Todd Bowles talks about. Yeah, he wants the ball in his hands. Yeah. And he said, yeah. you know, he said, I miss throws. Like, I, mm-hmm. I should have hit Devin Tompkins early on. He goes, but I just feel like. With our defense, because they have a lot of confidence in their defense, mm-hmm. like we should be, we should be attacking. And to me, that says throwing the football, throwing it on first down. And they did throw it on first down. I'm not suggesting they didn't, but it was it was more of the way he said it when mm-hmm. I talked to Baker was like, you know, we need to do more on our side of the ball, and we, you know, because it happened sort of. I mean, Baker's had great numbers up to this point in terms of quarterback rating and everything, completion percentage. Of course, on third down going into this game, he was ridiculous. Um, but I still don't feel like they're confident in hand, putting the ball in his hands. I still feel like they feel like, yeah, let's let's shorten the game. Let's rest our defense. And this is what defense's coaches do. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it, you know, if, if you're in week three and your quarterback is saying we need to be more aggressive, that's play calling to me. I don't know what else he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So there's already a little bit of, you know, hey, I could do more. Let me do more, right, with with uh with Dave Canales and him. Well, let's hope let's hope the Bucks we see that this weekend. I mean, I think they if if they get a little more aggressive and, and Baker's able to not make the big mistake. Yeah, not, no, not you turn, turn the ball over. over yeah. You know, right. you can go three and out. Oh, sure. You know that. But if he can avoid the turnovers and if they get a little more, maybe that opens up the run game a little more too. But that's, you know, Dave Canales has called plays in three games. That's And that's what, and this was a great quote by Todd Bowles. He goes, look, he goes, only called three games. Mm-hmm. He goes, I, I don't we, I don't think he's going to be Mike Martz. <laughs> I thought, wow, this is not, it, we, so we're not the greatest show on turf yet. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, headline. Dave Canales is no Mike Martz. <laughs> so if you wanted Mike Martz, by the way, he's still out there. So you could have hired him. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's a high bar that they're trying to get to is the greatest show on turf, and they're not quite there yet. But I thought it was interesting. He mentioned, like, hey, man. And then the other thing he said was somebody was talking about how 
you know, well, you're on the headset. Like, can't you influence Canalis? What are the conversations? He goes, look, I'm not going to get on there and go run, run, pass, run, run, run here, pass, pass. Like, it's not what I do, man. I understand offenses. I, I stop them. My job is to stop mm-hmm. them. I'm a defensive coordinator. He goes, but you've got to let your coaches coach. Yep. You, you, you know, you've got to let them go. He goes, and I'm not, I'm there if they want to talk about going for it on fourth down, et cetera. But he goes, yep. but I am not there to run the offense. No, his job is to say, hey, this is, we're in four down territory. Exactly. You know, hey, no, if we don't get this, we're going to punt or we're going to, you know, hey, we mm-hmm. need to get to this yard line for a field goal. Or right. if he Call sees some, if he here, sees something the know. defense is doing, he can alert Dave Canales, hey, the defense has been doing this on this play or, you know, every That's time right. we line up this way, you know, if he notices that. But he's not going to go in there. He's not in the game plan. He's not in the meetings every week. The head coach doesn't just go, oh, nope, run the uh, – Spider Y, Banana 2, Z, X, you know. That's not what they mm-hmm. do. Right. No. And 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 he's got he's also calling the defense, so he's he's mm-hmm. totally ingrained in the next series and the next play while the Bucks are on offense. You know, not that he's yep. not paying attention, but hey, he's got two jobs, not just one. So mm-hmm. um not not that unusual. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, we'll switch topics here. And Connor actually has two different questions. He emailed. He says, long-time listener, first-time mailbagger. What are, what are your thoughts on USF and Alex Golish so far? I get a totally different vibe from the previous regime and feel as though this team could sneak into a bowl. Would love to hear what you think about the race situation as well. Entering the playoffs all banged up, but also more likely playing Toronto nine times within a week and a half span before the wildcard series. Enjoy listening every morning up here in Virginia for work. Awesome. Glad you listened. Glad you enjoy the show. Um, I think we said this uh, the other day when I was on with Matt Baker. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely impressed with Alex Golish. And it, look, I don't know if they're going to win another game. I, I No clue. But I know they took down Rice, and I know they were in it with Alabama. Um, and, of course, they had to win over Florida A&M. It's more about how quickly he has changed the vibe, right? And mm-hmm. I always said, you know, People, every coach comes in there in the first press conference. Goes, we got to change the culture, man. We got to have a good culture. We got to change the culture. Well, you know what the culture is? The culture is, is winning. <laughs> you start winning, and you'd be surprised how fast it changes. You know, it is a chicken and eggs culture. Well, we got to get this right before we can win. We win, and we got to. Um, it's about winning and winning any way you can. And what I've noticed about Alex is those players feel like they have an advantage because he's their head coach. And that's a hard place to be and a hard to gain your, your players' trust like that. Mm-hmm. But it feels like to me that they have bought in um, and and Golish knows what the hell he's doing. I, I'm, I've been impressed with him. Um, now, look, they, you know, could they lose the rest of their games? I guess. But I don't think they're going to. I don't. I, I think they're going to get better as time goes on. And um, congratulations to him, man. He's 
he's a serious cat, and he's and he's already got two wins, so that's not a small accomplishment. Well, they've got two wins, and you need six to be eligible for a bowl. The next yeah. two games are at Navy and at UAB. Now, they're road you games. Could, you could take those. But they're both winnable. You've got Charlotte yeah. later in the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you've got you've got games that, I mean, you could get to six wins this year. Absolutely. And what really impressed me, and I, I know we discussed it before, but in that Rice game, they had the ball at the one-yard line. We're going in for a score to go up, I believe, eight, if I recall. Yeah. Or maybe it was six. But it was, you know, they, it was like a one-point game at the time. They were going to go yeah. up. They mm-hmm. fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. Rice recovered in the end zone touchback. The next mm-hmm. play, they threw an 80-yard touchdown. Absolutely. A 14-point swing. Yep. And you could see USF teams in the past, whether it was Jeff Scott or Charlie Strong, that that would have killed that team. They would have folded. They would have, It would have been ball game over. Yeah, mentally they're tougher. They and, just are. And, and this team came out and went right down the field again on the offense. Yeah. It, it didn't phase them. Like, it was – they were bought in to the process. They're, 100%. You can yep. see that – you know they may not have the 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 most talented dudes out there, particularly when you're lining up against Alabama. But boy, are they bought in? Are yeah. they all going the same direction? Are they all, mm-hmm. you know, fighting together? And it's it's drastically different than what we saw on the field from Jeff Scott. I agree, and I I think Golish is doing a good job. I think mm-hmm. he's got a quarterback that he can work with, which is huge. You know, the kind that he is used to working with. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for the Bulls, man. Yeah. Off to a good start. Now they no have question. to follow. I mean, they, you know, you have to go to Navy this week and show that you can continue to do that. Yeah, you, you know? got to. You need to stack them. I mean, at some point, you need to win. You know, two in a row, three in a row, and gain that confidence to mm-hmm. where anybody you see on your schedule, you feel like you have a chance. And then, as uh, he asked about the race situation entering the playoffs, banged up. <sighs> yeah. Um. It is what it is, man. You know, it's funny when when it seems like there's always somebody hurt, but we've seen them healthier and them not scoring any runs. Maybe, maybe it it'll be a different result this time. There's still enough guys, enough dudes, as Matt Baker would say, to mm-hmm. make a run at this thing. Um, Arozarena needs to be Randy Arozarena, though. I think Manny Margot is starting to swung a great bat, so I think. Mm-hmm. Him being around helps you, you know, in the outfield and at the plate. Yandy's got to be good, and he's got to be healthy. Yandy should be okay. Yeah. You know, and, and their top three pitchers. Look, I watched Tyler Glass now pitch and mow down about ten guys in five innings. He didn't look like he broke a damn sweat mm-hmm. other until the champagne got dunked on his head. I mean, this dude was as, you know, cool as, as you could be. So, I don't know. It, it's I wouldn't count him out. I think the matchups are going to matter. It feels to me like they're going to play Toronto. Which I mean, yeah, always, unless you sweep tough. Toronto this weekend, then you might right. be able to, to end up playing. Houston and I don't think or, that's a good thing. Like I wouldn't want to play a team in my but then the I guess the other one would be like Houston, and, and they're probably a better yeah. ball club. So you got Seattle as a possibility too. Seattle's possibility that would be a good one too. I think for the Rays. I mean, the, the, here's here's the thing: is would you rather play someone you're familiar with? I mean, their first two opponents are probably going to be Toronto and Baltimore. That's assuming, Baltimore of course, they Toronto, win. That's if right. They beat Toronto. Yeah. Two yeah. two teams they know very well. So if but, you win those, but the other teams know you well too. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a uh, chess match. 
All right. Well, Tommy tweeted us. He asked, with it being the Rays' 25th anniversary season, what is your favorite Rays postseason moment in franchise history? Um, this is easy for me. Um, so if you remember back in 2008, the Rays were playing on a Sunday night. And how do I know that? Because the Bucks were playing Sunday night football, I believe, against the Seattle Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken. And at the same time, the, the Rays were playing the American League Championship Series against the Red Sox. And when I say the same time, I mean the exact same time. Because the game ended at Raymond James. We went into the locker room. And usually, you know, you're on deadline. It's a night game. And typically, guys will talk to you. Not a player was interested in talking to any of us. They were all staring at a very small TV set in a very cramped locker room, not the one they have now. Um, and they watched this game with passion. Um, and, it, and you know, the Rays beat the Red Sox. Um, there's a statue outside, you know, with Aki Yomura stepping on second mm-hmm. base. That was the moment. And that locker room erupted. Like, it was cool as hell. It was like watching, you know, professional one professional team really get excited about the other and and just standing there in stunned silence until they got the final out with david price on the mound that to me was from my perspective the coolest raised moment i think it's the greatest playoff moment and and just because it was the first one to get them to yeah, the World absolutely i i wasn't in town yet so i didn't really experience that like the way right. raised fans have here right um, I, you know, the mo- you always think of 162, which wasn't playoffs, but it got him into the playoffs. And they didn't go that far. Um, the Brett Phillips game four. Oh, of the that Series. was definitely, that would be probably the second greatest moment, I think. Um, you know, just improbable. Brett Phillips, if you're like, this game's over. Oh, Randy crawling to home plate on his, I mean, come on. It mm-hmm. was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, my favorite in-person moment from Ray's playoff history was against Houston in game four. Yes, I know what you're going to talk about. I was there in the stands. I was I was there. Kiermaier to Adamas. Oh, my to God. To Darno. throw Willie makes. To <laughs> nail Altuve and nailed him by a mile. Phenomenal play. Because Houston play. was starting to get momentum. The Rays were leading. Yeah. But Houston, I think if, if Altuve scores there, I think they go to score many more runs that I and totally they may agree. have won that game. Now, I totally agree. Turns out they went to game five in Houston. Tyler Glass now was tipping pitches and – they lost the series, but that throw or two set two throws that relay, yeah, and how loud that drop got yep. was phenomenal. Yep, I was there. I was sitting with my son and his girlfriend, man, down the left field line, and I was just looking around, going, "Wow, these people are going nuts!" Remember, they had the towels; they had the yellow mm-hmm. towels yep. going. I mean, I, I remember seeing Kiermaier make the throw, and you're like, "Oh, he's going to." Oh, well, no, it's got a shot. And Adamas yeah. made a perfect turn. Can't believe the throw he made. Yeah, and threw a laser in, and just I mean Altuve not even close. And he knew it as soon as he got tagged. Like it was, yeah, that was, yeah. and, and the, the place just erupted. It was. That's fantastic. a cool moment. That really was a cool moment. I would I would say that was you know for me one and one a, but um, well because that was at are, the trop. I mean where you got to experience like you know the Brett Phillips was in a you know in Texas for the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, because of you COVID, and Murrow, they, I mean, they they clinched mm-hmm. here against. Yeah. Uh, well, and I wasn't here for that, so I mean, no, I no, wasn't I in town yet, yeah. So, yeah, and I was at. I, you know what? I was at both of those games that I just talked about. So, pretty cool. Was not at the 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 Seattle game. I was I was in the locker room watching that one, but right. was at the uh, the relay game. All right, uh, Lewis had tweeted us. He says, "Guys, I'm a level headed Lightning fan. 
I can see both Julian Breezebois and Steven Stamkos' side. My worry is, what is the message that this sends to all the other guys? If Stammer is left out to dry, what do other players think long-term, especially with Vinny and Marty's history on the team? Let's say Kucherov is up, which is soonish, not as soon as you think, but it's a few years, and his time comes for a new contract as a UFA. Why should he stay if they didn't even talk to the franchise captain? Well, first of all, let's not act like they haven't re-signed this guy before to a long-term deal, because mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He could be 34 before he would play under this new contract. So... I don't want it to get twisted like they like their guys, they sign their guys, they keep their guys, right? Who Look who they've locked up for years and years, mm-hmm. okay? And and they locked up Steven Stamkos too. It just so happens he's played all through his contract. But tell me which guy you want to take off the ice that you're not going to protect with a long-term deal. You know, it's not Bassey. I know that. So, yeah, I... <laughs> You can't pay everybody. Look, they're having going through this with the Bucks with Mike Evans, but he's mm-hmm. only going to be 31. You have a hard cap. You've got a bunch of players you want to retain. And to make a promise now, before he even goes through a season, the rigors of a season, at his age, where players don't get more productive and less injured, would be an a enormous risk that, you know, that they may not be able to get out from under because it is a hard salary cap. And they don't know how much the cap's going to go up next year. At this they point. don't know what's going to go up, and they don't know how he's going to play or if he's going to make it through his season. Mm-hmm. Naturally, he wants it done now. Here's the, here's the other thing we don't know. And I, actually, I was having a conversation about this today with a friend. What we don't know, unlike the Mike Evans situation, where we know there's a comparable contract that they liked in Cooper Cup. Right. Three years, $25 million a year. Yeah. Stamkos said he he expressed that he would like to get a deal done. And they didn't talk to him. Well, but my question is, when you express you want to get a deal done, mm-hmm. did you express where you think that contract should lie? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, what we don't know is, did Stamkos say, I want to extend at the same rate I'm getting now? Yeah. Or did he just say, I want to I get want a deal done? Bump. Yeah. You know, and, and no numbers were taught. I mean, you know, part of this is, and, and, you know, the Lightning are pretty secretive in their negotiations. You don't. You don't see things right. leak out about that. But you never know what someone's asking for. You know, did Stamkos or his people say, hey, we want to, you know, eight and a half million a year for another four years? They might have. Or did yeah. they just and say, hey, we'd like to get a deal done. Let's talk. We'll do year don't, to year or whatever, well, two years or whatever. But they may have just said, let's talk and left it there. And they still didn't talk to him, yeah. You know, that's what we don't, you know, has it, you know, the Lightning didn't, according to Stephen Stamkos, come back. But, you know, does either, or did the Lightning say, when Stamkos goes, hey, we'd like to get a deal done, did the Lightning kind of say, hey, you know, uh, yeah, $3 million a year, we'll do it. Yeah. And that kind of cut. I mean, we just don't know that. <clears throat> no, we don't. And look, both sides, uh, you know, I get Steven Stamkos being disappointed by it, using his words. And and if I was in his shoes, I'd be too. You know, you're you're the captain, the face of this franchise. You want to stay here. You want oh, to get a deal done before the season. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you deserve it. I think they know he deserves it, but it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. yet if it happens at all. Like, you got to look after the mm-hmm. the entire franchise, and I hope they find a way to do that. Hopefully they can. And, and you know, look, the Lightning have been in salary cap hell for the last few years. For a while, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, next year they're finally starting to get out from under that, especially right. if the cap does go up about $4 million. 
That's right. So the worst thing you could do in that case is overpay for a player for a while. Now, if Steven Samkos goes out and has another phenomenal year and puts together, you know, Julian Breeswell even said, look, he's probably had the best two seasons of his career the last two years. I think he has, yeah. And if he goes out and does another year like that, I think the Lightning would be happy to pay him. I don't think it's, I don't think it's they don't want to pay him. Right, right. I think they don't want to overpay. Right, that makes sense. And and what they value him at, no clue. And what Stephen Samuels will play for, no clue. But they'll have more information if they can wait till the end of the year, and that's that's what I think they want to do. Exactly. We'll wrap up on this one for the week. Greg. tweeted us he says your podcast covers mostly sports but i was curious if either you enjoy mixed martial arts or boxing is there a sport that you enjoy but don't cover professionally i think i enjoy all sports i don't know that i'm an mma mma guy per se um that one seems for me just a little too violent it's a weird thing to say when you, you have watched boxing um you know, there's some bucket list things I'd like to do. Like, I do enjoy a lot of sports I don't cover. And baseball, of course, being my favorite. But, like, even... And I've, I've had an occasion to go out there one time, like... You know, watching guys, the greatest golfers in the world, is exciting to me. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's something I love to do. Because I, I can't really relate to how far and how, how skilled they are. But it's crazy, right, to see them do it. Um Let's see, what else have I not written about per se? I personally, I'm not an MMA or boxing guy. Yeah. Uh, never really have been. I, I'm getting more and more into soccer. Yeah. I, I find myself watching a lot more Premier League and even MLS now, and I love yeah. going to Rowdy's games. Right. And your kids play soccer, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah, no? they do. They do. Yeah. That's not why, I'm sure, but I'm just saying. Soccer has grown exponentially. Like you can't believe over the years since and, I started started doing the beat. Yeah, and just seeing the skill on those players. Oh yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I mean, and uh, you know, maybe it's because we're seeing it more. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. years ago you didn't couldn't watch Premier League games and things like that. Right. But to see those guys, it's just incredible. Yeah, I just I like doing all I like going to all sports, and I would write about any of them if they put me in that position. That's for sure. I but, like going to big events. Yeah, like I've been to the Kentucky Derby. I've not been there. I've not been Belmont Preakness. None of that stuff. Um, I've Indy been to like yeah. Been there. I've not been. I, I, been I, there. You know, I lived up there and I never made it to India. I need to get up there and do that. Yeah, I just never. I watched it on TV. Just never really mm-hmm. got into going. Yeah, I've been to Talladega for races and NASCAR. I've been to Charlotte for all star oh, races. Big. You're all you're all over the place with yeah. the NASCAR circuit. Yeah. Well, I live. I live. Well, I lived in Birmingham, so Talladega yeah, is right you up the access. Right. Right. The people watching is fantastic. Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine, man. Have I ever told One you my sto- my story about the first NASCAR race I went to? Mm, so I'm not sure. My sister had just moved to Charlotte. So I go down there for a weekend. And it's the weekend before Memorial Day weekend. So we're out at a just a bar having a beer on Friday night. And like, what are we going to do this weekend? You know, she was new to town. So we were kind of, oh, there's a NASCAR race. Let's go. So, you know, we get some tickets and you can bring your own beer in and you know all that Mm -hmm. so we have a big cooler we bring in a full of beer and we're watching the race and the all-star race is different it's not like just go around the circles they stop they start they rearrange the order they drop people out so we're just watching this we don't really know much and the guy next to us is 
nice enough and he's talking to us and he's telling us okay now they're gonna you know now they're gonna you know number 10 moves to one and this and then they you know here's how it's working yeah. yeah now they're gonna stop they're gonna do this and okay great you know real nice guy so it's like halfway through the race and i reach down into our cooler and i just you know hey you want a beer he backs away from me looks at me and says, i'm a rusty wallace man <laughs> oh man i had i i think i had, had coors light or bud light or whatever <laughs> yeah I, yeah rusty wallace colors, i was man. a miller light driver the guy wouldn't <laughs> talk to me the rest of the race oh my god <laughs> you made an enemy i just offered a wow. beer i was like <laughs> no that's, but they're, that's they're serious. i have heard they, they are, are dead serious. serious about their loyalties yeah i mean that's like i insulted his mother i was like <laughs> oh my god which is a shame because there's some items on those cars with, that are painted that I could really use, and I don't think I could be without them if somebody told me I had to had to give them up, you know? Like, you know, I like my Tide detergent. I'm going to go ahead and use it. I mm-hmm. don't care. I don't care what you say. That's a great story. Really good story. I'll never forget. I did the look on his face, he backed away. <laughs> I'm not talking to you anymore. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd love to go to a Kentucky Derby. Love to go to the Olympics. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be cool. I want to go to the World Cup when it's here in a couple years. That would be cool. Yeah, I didn't go in '94, so right. Hey, there's always more to do that we could do. So our bucket list is long. All right. Thanks for your mailbag questions. We appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, weekend of college football. And of course, on Sunday it would be Bucks at New Orleans. That kickoff is 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, God willing, and the creek doesn't rise, I will be there in New Orleans to bring you that one on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk to you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. 